Good morning, everyone. Juno Mayor Beth Weldon has come down to the studio to take a quick break away from this scorcher out today. Good morning. Good morning. It is a big scorcher. So even we had our first meeting this morning, it was already starting to get hot in my office with uh, the sun beating down. You could not find enough fans around here. No, I'm sure there's a a big rush on fans, that's for sure, and cold water. <laughs> well, with this nice weather, were you, were you able to make it out to any of the various Pride events this weekend? Well, I just got back in town on Saturday, so the only one I was able to make um, just part of was the uh, picnic at Sandy Beach, so uh, that was fun to be down there and got to meet some folks, and uh, Jeff Rogers was kind enough to introduce me to several of them, and it was fun. So good turnout. Lots of food, lots of food. So they thought uh, um, hundred or two hundred ish somewhere in that. So it was it was not as packed when I got there because unfortunately I had to come back on Saturday to do some mayor work um, elseways. But um, I had a meeting till three, and so I didn't get down there till a little bit after three. But cool. looked like they had a good time and tons of food. So hats off to them. That was fun. Fun way to celebrate Pride Month. Yes, it was. So before we take up matters to be discussed at the assembly tonight, I wanted to ask what your reaction was to last week's uh, Supreme Court ruling on Roe v. Wade. Yeah, well, um, I'm pretty much a moderate, although uh, people say I lean more right off of center. But one of the reasons that I'm not probably a truly conservative is I am pro-choice. So um, that was disturbing um, to me just because I think... uh, women should be able to do what they need to do and abortion wouldn't certainly be my first choice but there are some situations that I think that uh, it is a woman's choice to make very good and it looks like it's up to the state now now it's up to the state so we'll see where that goes so the committee of the whole is meeting tonight but tell us about the special meeting preceding that it's the take up contracts for city employees right um, well, it's kind of a weird thing. So we have three large unions um, for the police department, the fire department, and then MEBA, which covers the general employees. But there are some general employees that just aren't represented for a variety of reasons. It's not that they're anti-union or anything. but um, So they typically fall with the... Um, MEBA employees, they get whatever the MEBA employees get, but because we haven't finished the contracts, July 1st is the starting date, so in order to not penalize them because they don't have any choice to do the contract, um, we are um, uh, the since what's it's befo- so long. Yes, what's before us is a 3% um, raise for them, and so we will give them that starting July 1st, and then um, as soon as the other contracts are done, then those employees those representative employees will get whatever they um negotiate for so and we know that three percent because of inflation and everything is a safe number that we will probably go over that so that's a safe number and so that process was ongoing alongside the union negotiations um well it's not really a process it's just something that we have to be aware of that happens and so because um, in this particular case sometimes the uh, unions are done before July 1st with their negotiation this case we're not quite done although we'll have a meeting uh, tonight uh, to further to talk about I think we're getting uh, relatively close but um, um, they're just not done and so in order not to leave those unrepresentative employees behind we'll have them get a pay increase starting July 1st and 
at the cow meeting, there will be some prioritization, it appears. Let's take up the 1% sales tax list. Tell us about the process you're looking at. Um, well, the process happened all during last week. Um, each assembly member had the list, and I have the list in front of me, and there's uh, 27 items on it. And you were to rank them between your choices of 1 through 27 and uh, submit them to uh, our city manager, and he was compiling them all together, and we'll see the results. He's still working on that because, of course, many of us didn't quite follow his rules. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was one of them. I picked several 26s because uh, I didn't think that they were uh, a good fit for a 1%, so I just didn't want them to get any ranking. Um, so I was just a bad person, too. But anyway, he's compiling those, and then we'll bring them to the assembly tonight, and then the assembly will look at um, the uh, complimentation and decide if that's what we can agree on as a body or if we need to fine-tune it. So, And the other thing that we need to decide tonight is um, we don't, um, for instance, um, CBJ building maintenance project, which was my first choice, is $9.9 million, But when I did mine, I didn't give them quite $9.9 million, So you could give, you can also change the amount to try and get more things funded. Mm. So. so we know we you've got a few 26s, but... Yep. Yeah, and the building maintenance is at the very top. Were there other were there other projects that jumped out to you? Um, there are several projects up there, and I don't want to do my list because, like I said, that would be my list, and the assembly will talk about it tonight. But there's mm-hmm. many worthwhile projects on the list, anywhere from childcare funding to um, you know uh, wastewater utility project funding to parks and rec funding to you know even putting money back in our restricted budget reserve. That's something that we need to look at to keep it up with a pace of inflation. To you know Pearson Hill development. So I wouldn't say there's no worthwhile projects, but we're going to have of $60 million. That's what our um, Jeff Rogers has projected for a 1% sales tax. And so um, there'll be a lot of funding and it will be important for the public to realize this is a huge funding um, for lots of projects for the city. So hopefully they'll be in favor of supporting the 1% sales tax as they have in the past. The community, I think, understands that this is a one-time shot and um, we just fund a lot of our um, big projects with that. And so just a refresher for folks, it's 1% over five years, right? It's 1% over five years. And this doesn't increase our, um, this would maintain our sales tax to 5%. So, yep, it's 1% over five years. So the $60 million isn't $60 million in one year. It's $60 million <laughs> over five years. That's, thank you, Kevin, for pointing that out because, yes, that would be confusing. <laughs> yeah. And so that'll be put the voters later this year. And uh, tell us about the timeline, though. What what What's... What, when do you got when do you have to have this approved introduced and such yep. um so tonight we have to come up with the list that moves forward and then at the on the 11th it will be introduced and then it will um have to go through i think our next one off the top of my head is august 1st or something like that mm-hmm. so the next two assembly members it has to pass be okay. introduced and pass and so the other topic at the cow meeting you'll it sounds like there's already been the ranking. So, yep. and that's that's on the food sales tax question. Uh, yep. Tell us about that. Um, so, two things. What we have is a memo from our attorney on um, an advisory vote on sales tax on food and just a couple different uh, uh, different ways to do it. Um, one way would be an individual question. Would you like 
uh, food to be exempt from sales tax, yes or no? And if food is exempted, um, would you prefer to replace the revenue by increasing the sales tax rate year round by increasing? And then the second question, third question is, would you refer to replace it by increasing property tax mill rate? Or would you like to replace the revenue by a seasonal sales tax rate? So that's one of the ways to do it. Or you can do a group way of saying, um, we're going to remove sales tax off food. Here's your three choices. Um, and then there's a third possibility as we don't even put an advisory vote to the public and uh, we do a survey of some sort or something. So there'll be a discussion tonight of what we decide to do. So it's a lot going before the voters this um, election. So we're trying to make it as simple and easy. So as um, our deputy city manager or deputy, uh, excuse me, mayor this morning said, if we do an advisory vote, people are going to say, well, we just voted on that. And if we, because if the sales tax, we would have mm-hmm. to actually have a vote next year too. So, and she'll say, you know, if we just voted on this. And so I don't, I'm not sure what the discussion will be, but we'll either do an advisory vote or sometime or some other way to elicit public opinion other than hearing or just uh, meetings because we're not getting enough public input on this particular topic that we feel comfortable making a decision for the whole city. Right. Since it would, since it, a voter would be looking at the ballot and they would see the sales tax question and then right next to it, another question of what do you think about sales tax? Yeah, exactly. So you've hit the nail right on the head. So, yep, we just don't want to um, make it confusing because nobody likes to hit a, get a ballot and it's confused. And so this is an advisory question. What sets that apart from other ballot questions? So this is just an advisory. So it just, which we've done in the past a couple of times. And this just says what we're trying to get a feel for what the public feels. And it has no binding whatsoever. That's the difference. Okay. So so if we did a sale, so if we actually, um, like for the 1% sales tax, that is you're making a decision whether we do the 1% sales tax or not. And this advisory, you don't have to act on it. We don't have to act on it. Um, if we acted on it, I would hope we would take the advisory vote. But, you know, you might come back that it's 30% across the board and we're not still haven't got any <laughs> clear answers. So um, it'll be interesting to see what we decide. And so with that meeting, uh, what time is that? Are we looking at um, so that meeting tonight is, uh, we're aiming for 6.30 because we have the special assembly meeting and we're already looking at uh, suspending our um, special meeting to have our executive session at, executive session meeting at the end of the night so people don't have to sit through uh, why we do that. So, Okay. Well, we'll have more with Mayor Weldon after the break, so stay tuned. And we're back with Juno Mayor Beth Weldon. So you've approved a budget for the next fiscal year. What do you have to say about the document? Well, we've passed the budget. That's what I have to say about the document. And um, I think in the end, it's probably an okay budget. Um, Some of us are a little concerned because we did have a dip into our savings quite a bit. But at the same token, I think I've said this before, at our retreat, we decided that... um, to allow the manager to take a little pressure off the budget. So he had to increase it by a little bit. I think we talked about that a bit. We um, added some positions to streets. We've added a position to um, CDD, a planner to there. And we've added um, the tourism manager. Um, So we have had a few extra positions added. And we also looked at our big um, general fund reserve and said we need to start whittling that down so hopefully we picked fairly worthwhile projects for that but we made that effort but it's passed um we're very happy uh, when we get the budget passed um and our 
capital improvement project list is passed and our mill rate has stayed the same so at 10.56 so we were happy to keep that the same um some pressure to increase that but we kept it the same so and as i understand that savings originated from the uh covid relief that had come to the city Uh, not all of it but most of it probably at least two-thirds of it probably came from and specifically the ARPA funds so uh, the ARPA funds gave us a lot more leeway it was just replacing lost revenue it did not have the strings attached to it that the CARES Act funding had which um, I'm not going to diss the CARES Act funding but you had to have it directly related to anything COVID where the CARES where the uh, ARPA funds were just replacing lost revenue the economic recovery economic recovery so yeah so and um uh, let's can we circle back to the one percent i forgot to mention one thing on that so um okay and uh one of the things was um myself and mr smith are both looking at uh potentially putting a geo bond before the public for um i'm looking at the adair kennedy field uh, both for turf field and the track um, placement and there's a couple the ball field and the tennis courts need some maintenance so it's probably going to be somewhere between five to six um maybe six and a half million that and uh, um, mr smith and i just need to have a conversation but we've been playing photag for most of the week um busy times all this sunny weather so we're trying to do that um and then also um i don't want the school district to feel disheartening if they are if the school um doesn't rank high on our one percent list because we're hoping that the uh, state lives up to their promise on education and the school bond debt reimbursement does pass through the uh governor's hands and stays intact so that would be a lot of funding that we could use for school maintenance for that so i just wanted to point that out so if people are watching and they're going well why aren't they paying more attention to the schools and we're hoping that that it, it that, should be the state yeah it should be the state and there would be several million dollars that would be coming our way for that and so what would be the benefit to geo bonding over using the sales tax funding instead uh, for those projects um so the benefit of the geo bond is you can get the money all one time so if we went to do a turf field and resurface the track then you could get work going in um, funding like you said with the one percent it's over five years so not everything can go on the first year so it might be two or three years um, before anything moves on a certain project Um, so let's just pick another project like just say we picked a public use cabin well it might be year three that we can pay for that and i think we're just in um, dire need in this town of having a turf field and this is a chance to get it and the track has been horrible for a long time and it's one of my projects because I think we're doing a disservice to the memory of Adair and Kennedy who are two police officers that got shot in the line of duty to have that track that way um, I mean it's a beautiful turf field inside for the uh, football and soccer but the track is um, has huge bubbles on it and it's almost getting unsafe for the um, JDHS track team to go on it so um, that's why I'm doing that one but yeah can't wait for the four or five years it would maybe theoretically wait right Mm. absolutely so so back on the budget uh, just a quick observation it must be a relief now to project cruise passenger revenue or at least it, must be, it is a relief to see big white ships in town in fact i um spent a chunk of 
uh, Saturday evening downtown and got to meet lots of tourists. <laughs> they are always surprised when that. Uh, when I never say I'm the mayor, but I have friends that tell them that I'm the mayor, and I'm a pretty casual person, so they're always surprised to see the uh, mayor out. And like today, I'm wearing a pair of shorts and t-shirt, but um, so that's but it's fun to talk to people from all over. But yes, um, Docks and Harbors just did a little quick study, and I think we're right, like 65, 70 percent capacity. So um, I think we'll hit. We'll probably be right about a million passengers was what we projected with our numbers and that's what we based our budget on so but yes it's very nice to have that leg of our economy uh working well again and and, and so that the the, the budget uh, you're projecting the revenue at about one million passengers Correct. is what we'll see so maybe more maybe less maybe more maybe less but that's the guess that we did when we did our budget because you have to guess a lot when you do your budget way ahead of schedule so especially when we do a two-year budget cycle so yeah. well all the municipalities here in southeast had to do the same thing so. absolutely so we wanted to know your thoughts on the ballot initiative seeking to remove mandatory sales price disclosures. Yeah. Um, number one, I'm not a huge fan of initiatives. I'll have to say that out. I've said that from the very beginning on any of them. I mean, the time to talk about that was when we had did, had them in front of the assembly and we just didn't get any public input. People just didn't come out to track it, talk about it. So um, where we are with it is um, the petition books came in. Um, they didn't have quite enough signatures, but I think they're coming back today I believe at 1.30 or maybe tomorrow at 1.30 and we'll see if they have enough signatures and then they'll go in front of the ballot and the people can weigh in but yeah it, it, oh yeah it was extended it was extended because they didn't initially have enough signatures but you get a window a period of time to cure it as they call it um, as the clerks call it I should say and so they've taken that time and then they'll be back in and bring their petition books back in and yeah and so and when you guys had discussed this matter, uh, I believe it was last year, this was all to help the assessor, right? This is what to help the assessor. And um, uh, i be honest, I was the only one that was consistently a no vote on this. Um, I think at the very end I said, objection, I disagree with this totally, and just said, but I'm voting just to move it on. But... Um, but that's the idea is it helps the assessor. Um, when you go into... Um, it's just a tool for the assessor to figure out the true value, um, the true market value of properties. And um, if you decide to appeal your assessment, that's a tool that they can use with you to say, okay, these five um, houses that are similar to yours, we know sold for these, so that's why your house is at this. Do you have reasons why your house isn't at this? And there can be reasons. I mean, you could say, well, those five houses have all been remodeled. Mine is it. Mine still has the avocado green refrigerator or whatever, but um, uh, it's just a tool for the assessor. And, and so if this does receive the required amount of signatures that would be put to voters later this year yes absolutely okay and then the voters can decide so from our last report the assembly is interested in monitoring the number of short-term rentals here in juneau what is the objective would you say for you um, the objective for me is, um, you know, we're hearing lots of short-term rentals. Short-term rentals are affecting our housing. Well, before we jump at solutions, you need to identify the problem. So um, 
that's what we're trying to do right now. We're trying to ask a lot of questions. Um, we put some funding in for software to track um, short-term rentals and to see how many there are actual out there. Um, what are the what kind of short-term rentals are we seeing in more short-term rentals because we're having Iron Man and people are just doing short-term rentals for that for that period, but they normally wouldn't do that. Um, you know, every there's a lot of people going, oh, short-term rentals are ruining the housing market, but we also have to remember that we need short-term rentals for our independent travelers, for our some of our seasonal workers, and most importantly, for our legislature. So it's not something that we want to say, no short-term rentals by any stretch of the imagination. So, um, But before we can make any decisions on it, um, again, we just need some information. Mm. So that's what we're trying to do. Very good. And... So we wanted to know your reaction to the Salmon Creek Dam joining other famous civil engineering landmarks like Hoover Dam with a national designation. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Um, when it was built, I know it was an engineering first, um, and it's pretty amazing that it's there today and still doing fine. Um, ALMP checks it regularly or has somebody check it regularly. I don't know who the dam experts are. These days, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, that's what's happening up there. But uh, if you ever get a chance to walk up there, I mean, it's a steep hill to go, but it's actually not a uh, too bad hike for the rest of the way, except for the very end, it's a little bit. But it's beautiful up there, and it's pretty Pretty impressive to see it and uh, I don't remember the thickness at the base but it's I know it's very 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 thick so but it's cool well I understand there'll be a dedication for that uh, later in the year in September so stay tuned for that and uh, one last thing madam mayor over the weekend we saw that Mercer got an award yes he did so chief Ed Mercer who is our police chief in town he received the Alaska police chief of the year so and he went over to Sitka to um, receive that and uh, that's a pretty cool honor and it, you're voted by your peers in the state so it's not just arbitrary it's the other police chiefs in the state thought he was doing a great job this year so and we think he's doing a great job also so congratulations to chief mercer another recognition under the chief's belt yes definitely so well he's a man that deserves lots of recognitions he does a good job for us well madam mayor is there anything you'd like to add nope i just uh be safe coming over the fourth of july weekend and uh enjoy the sun but uh try to stay dehi- try to stay hydrated <laughs> with water and uh don't leave your dogs in the car that's oh, all yes. i'll say i saw a dog parked in the car the other day and the windows were barely unrolled and that's not a good way to leave a dog right now yeah, or a kid for that matter <laughs> no no that's a no-no okay that thank you uh, thank you beth all right thanks kevin And that's the program. Tune in tomorrow as we'll speak with the Juneau Chamber of Commerce. So be sure to tune into that. Thank you for tuning in this sunny June 27th. This is Kevin Allen for Action Line signing off.